Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Craig of the Creek, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Eisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And Alex Bonilla. Hey. We're back talking Craig of the Creek for the first time in a while, uh, because new episodes have dropped on the CN app and are airing on TV. Um, including the episode Sugar Smugglers, Tea Timers Ball, Sleepover at JP's, and The Cardboard Identity. These, in addition to previous episodes, which have randomly been on the app but not aired on TV, which we did not discuss in the past. Uh, or no, they did air on TV, but Cre- Creek Daycare not until recently. <laughs> and then I didn't even know that episode was on the app. I, I watched it for the first time recently. On for it, it's uh, sad. Me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a really random, not to air it until now. And then The Haunted Dollhouse and Craig and the Kids Table were not previously covered. Um, we will be talking about these episodes potentially uh, within the context of topics such as how is Craig handling sequel episodes, which I think is an interesting topic for these bunch, because you could argue each of the four episodes that just came out on the app are sequels to previous episodes, some more than others. And we see several flashbacks to previous episodes. So we've entered an era of Craig where we're getting flashbacks and stuff. So how how's the show handling that? So just excited to be talking about Craig again here. We've had previous Craig podcasts up to the, from the beginning of the show at OverlyAnimated.com. Subscribe to our Craig feed on whatever podcatcher you use by searching Overly Animated Craig. And then on we're also on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Overly Animated. Um, so in general, uh, Craig, yeah, Craig's back. Uh, I said, I looked it up other than the three one-off things that aired. This is like the first episodes in eight months. Um, on wow. Cartoon um, so hopefully a lot more Craig coming soon based on that. And, uh, but yeah, back, back in our lives. How does it feel for Craig to be back and general, general, uh, feelings on Craig watching these episodes, Michelle? It's good to have Craig back. I missed Craig. Um, it, I mean, honestly, it's it's been really nice, especially with other shows that we've been covering for a while ending, like yeah. Steven like and everything. KO. It, it's like for a while, it was like all these shows were airing around the same time. And it was so nice to have so many at once. It just can be like, oh, these are all so good in their own like respective ways. Um, but we haven't had Craig for a while, so it's really nice that we're finally getting a lot of Craig. And I, I feel like it's safe to say that there's, there's going to be a lot more. Um, and I mean, these episodes are so good. I mean, I definitely have some standouts in this bunch that are my personal favorites, but I feel like we always talk about how Craig's always been like a solid show and there's never been any boring episodes, but I feel like Craig, like kind of what you were saying, Dylan, I feel like it's at a point now in the legacy of the Craig of the Creek show where they're building on like their own old episodes to recontextualize or advance in some way that is either character driven or plot driven. And that's just really nice to see because Craig's always been a show that's been very comforting and just like makes you feel good. But when they're able to do plot stuff here and there, or just like really dig into how people have grown and changed, or you learn new things about characters, it's really nice surprise. Like I like that too. It's not the main thing I go to the show for, but it's definitely nice to have it. It's like the the sprinkles, you know, on top of like the solidness of the show being the main cake. But yeah, I mean, I really like these episodes. Like they're something that I really want to talk about, but I'll wait till Alex can give his thoughts too. Okay, so you'll say it in between Alex's and my thoughts. 
Oh no, sorry, I do <laughs> you, So you're saying it'll be the headline is whatever surprise no, topic you have. Okay. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll come, come up, up at some it. point. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were gonna go sprinkles on ice cream, but you went sprinkles on cake. That's interesting. Oh my well, oh yeah, that's true. I guess <laughs> ice cream is more I'm, I'm so lost. <laughs> you know, There's cake not... is more filling, like sustainable thing, whereas ice cream is just like frozen cream, you know? And like Craig is a more wow. well balanced. Is this a hot take from Michelle? You think ice cream ice is just frozen cream? I mean, it is though. It's not a bad thing, but that is okay. what it is. Interesting. This is the type of topics we talk about on Craig, but I don't think these episodes invited anything besides candy talk. Maybe we can talk oh, about candy. candy. And cho- yeah, I guess chocolate rolls count as candy, but they are cakes. Like, yeah, basically. yeah, that's more, yeah. Yeah, they're more like them. fluffy. Yeah, okay, there are chocolate rolls too. And uh, the cocoa coco nuttles. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Alex, uh, how, how, what do you think of Craig being back? What do you think of these episodes? Well, it was it was funny because I haven't gone back to Craig in a long, long time. So when I finally sat down to watch these episodes, it was like, wow, I feel like I just not, didn't miss a step, you know, like it just right right back into the rhythm. Like it, it's as good as I remember it being, despite not not checking in for a while. So it, it felt good to to come back to it. Um, I'll say that uh, I appreciate. Uh, I, I mean, uh, a common theme we talk about on this podcast is how well it handles family topics, and I feel like that, again, stands out in, in a couple of these uh, episodes, especially Sleepover at JP's and Creek Daycare, but uh, and, and kids uh, the kids' table. So, like, well, th- th- that theme continuing to be hit pretty well, like, you know, again, it's like uh, they've shown to be solid in that in the past, and they're still being very uh, very earnest about it now and it still feels good to to watch that so all all in all i think this was another solid solid batch of episodes um uh, cardboard identity which we'll talk about is uh, interesting for a variety of reasons i wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite but i think that's the one that that's the has the most to talk about in terms of like what the show is uh, is doing so yeah but uh, um, in in general i think that this was just like a, another another good batch of episodes it hits the stuff that it's good at doing um g- gives it gives gives our main characters uh, focus again like it's it's nice to have a jp centric episode again i feel like we haven't had that in a while yeah. uh, and uh, you know like get, get spread, spreading the ball around to each of the each of the mains felt felt good in the, in this batch yeah it's a good point about a diverse crew of characters focused on. We haven't had any episodes in a while, so I don't remember if there's a JP. That sounds right, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds right. Um, yeah, the, the Craig episodes came out. And it's like, oh, there's Craig episodes on the app. And I didn't immediately go to watch them, which I'm now embarrassed about because I feel like we're, <laughs> out of, we're out of the out loop for too long that I forgot that I would react a lot to these. I mean, this episode yeah. specifically, I feel like, has things that feel meant for me. Specifically, the cardboard episode, which I am. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys are really going into the cardboard episode. I, mean, I need to like hear yeah. your thoughts about that. Well, if we could flash back two years on the podcast, I would talk. You would know how much I ship Carter and Zoe. And uh, oh no, no not, not, not for that. No, Zoe, no. that cannot be the first thing we talk about. <laughs> I'm not going to get. Uh, I'm just saying that I'm I'm the number one Carter and Zoe shipper in the world, and no. we got the ship episode again. We got the follow up. Oh. You know. I, I'm so happy. Uh, it was amazing. And and uh, uh, Sugar Smugglers, one of my other favorite parts besides that one episode from two years ago is uh, Sean and Raj and the Honeysuckle it's Rangers. Really, 
that's their real ship right there. Yeah, this is, I mean, they, and they're like the most like romantic in this episode that they've ever been. And it's incredible. They blush and hug and talk about love. And it's pretty obvious that they yeah. really like each other. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, was in love with that. That whole episode's great. Um, just every episode's good. I mean, sleepover at JP's, it's like, I remember us being confused during that one episode about if that was JP's sister or mom. And, you know, I'm like, how much are we following up on the podcast? But I feel like maybe that's the intent of that urge episode, or maybe we're just uh, clarifying now. Um, and, uh, Tea Timers Ball is an exciting episode as well. And then Creek Creek Daycare is really exciting. Um, and then, of course, like Haunted, we talked, we did talk about Haunted Dolls on our Queer Rep podcast last year. So um, I knew it, but for how like funny and scary that episode ended up being, I'm like shocked we didn't talk about it more. It's it's one of my top favorites. It was such a good nice. episode. Yeah, well, it's because it was the Halloween episode and they didn't air any other episodes and they did the same thing <laughs> the Thanksgiving episode. So it's like there wasn't like a group to talk about. That's why we didn't do any podcasts. Um, but yeah, all of these episodes are good and exciting and, uh, just a lot of reasons to be excited about Craig, I think. Um, we can, we can start getting into this topic of sequels and then if other surprise topics come up from certain people, then we can get into that as well. But, uh, the, the, I, I was struck by, I mean, it wasn't my, like, my immediate thought, but then once I was like, oh, what are we gonna, cause we're trying to like not do recaps specifically anymore. We're trying to slant it around discussions. So the, it immediately came to me that like, these there's a lot of like sequels here because there's at least two flashbacks i think in this bunch mm-hmm. um which is like a very clear sign that we're following up on previous episodes um you know cardboard identity the only se- the second episode featuring these characters and it features a flashback to the first uh car- the future's cardboard episode very clear sequel um sugar smugglers i think very much building off of the other side and the honeysuckle rangers episode um, and then even the other two, you could argue episode. It's Tea Timers Ball is sh- shockingly referential to Ace of Squares, which is an episode yeah. I don't remember that much. But uh, yeah, uh, the, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't expect. I forgot it. that kid. I forgot Tomas too. I was like, wait, we're supposed to know him? But T- yeah, Tomas, Tomas, and then also like the Aaron kid is from that episode. Apparently, I don't remember him. I don't remember him at all. Just like Kelsey, I don't remember him. It was an accurate reaction from Kelsey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Michelle, like, is, are you, yeah, we were, ta- we were talking about this in the intro thoughts, but like, what is, is it exciting for you that the show is now like building off of a lot of these initial episodes we got? Yeah. Cause then it, it begs the question, well, like if this all is important, I guess anything technically could come back and play a bigger role later. So it gives you more intention to like watch, like be feeling like again, cause like this isn't always like the most plot heavy show, but if something like cardboard identity could come back, it's like, okay, well then like, who knows all these seemingly one-off characters could like have more of a through line to the main plot, maybe even. So it just, it makes it a more engaging watch. I'd say knowing that anything could be relevant later on. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like that slant. I mean, I guess the other side would be like, we're doing more follow up. It's like how like, oh, there's more sequel movies, not original movies. Like Alex, is that in play at all? Like you'd rather any part of you would rather see more original characters than following up on characters? I mean, we've been begging for Dory to Helen too on this podcast. Yes, yes. For that episode that's the one like, sequel I think that we haven't be, gotten, right? I think that would be hypocritical to slam sequels when we've been asking for that one for a while. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I will say, um, I find it interesting that we're going back to all, all this stuff because it, it's good in that it, it fleshes out the it fleshes out the world, like the character. 
the characters that we've seen in one episode a while ago, they're not totally forgotten. It's like, oh, well, like, life continues, and, like, we can check in on them and, like, see if stuff has changed or interaction has changed based on what's happened and all. So, like, I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, I would I would hesitate to say, like, this actually means plots or anything. Like, especially with, like, sugar smugglers, like, it's nice that we're checking in on uh, on the other side of the creek. But I'm still, like, tempering my expectations in terms of, like, how, how important, quote-unquote, <laughs> like, it is to, like, know what's going on on that side. They're just using it as a background for a fun episode in which Craig sneaks over to, to the other side and we like build on characters we know, but just keeping it, keeping the story to one episode as opposed to like a, a four episode arc or whatever. So like, I think that there it's a, it's a good thing that they're, they're doing these sequel episodes to make sure that there aren't one-off characters, but at the same, uh, at the same time, I also appreciate that it's still, even though they're sequels, but at the same time, they still feel like they can, they stand on their own and they're not really connecting to an overall story. That's interesting. So you're seeing it, you're maybe, not, so I was seeing a distinction between the sugar smugglers, which I think is like the plot episode. Like, I feel yeah, like I we, we've identified the under the overpass plot line of episodes going from under the overpass the other side right rangers episodes now sugar smugglers is kind of like the main plot of the show but maybe based on what you're saying you could argue that's just like its own line of sequel episodes just like anything else is here yeah and like the thing is a plot especially for a show like craig which is like so focused on slice of life plot line is very loose where like we can check in on this and then come back to it like after like 10 or 12 episodes and it's still technically the same plot line but like compared to other shows it's not as as substantial of a plot but that's good because that way that you can like let these um, you know small moments between humans breathe rather than like trying like needing to remember what happened in the other side to understand sugar smugglers right like you can watch sugar smugglers on on its own and without having watched the other side and you can get get pretty much all of it just based on the context they're providing in there so like in in that that's kind of the distinction i'm i'm making that they work as as standalones even though like they have like an overall connection to this to like the long-term story but this show isn't really about story so like i'm not uh, i'm i'm not expecting this to be touched on again until like maybe 10 episodes later and that's fine because that's just the kind of show this is yeah, so you're saying you appreciate that the show hasn't gone too much more plotty than before, even though we are continuing this one, mm. maybe more obvious plot arc, uh, more more like a, a sequel chain that has followed up on itself more than these other ones. It right. still kept the essence of what Craig is, that it's you know, which is this very non-serialized, very fun character-focused show. Um, Michelle, do you, like- do you do you agree with that? Mm. I mean, I really like that because as Alex was saying that, it made me realize that this, if Craig is going to just be very cognizant of the fact that it is mostly centered on slice of life and that if it's going to have plot, it is going to take a while to talk about it and it's not a priority, that would be a change just because like, I feel like a lot of shows we've been watching have started off being mostly slice of life, but then the plot starts to trickle in somewhere around the like finale of the first season. And then every season after that progressively has more plot to the forefront of the show to a point where like, if the show survives like four to six seasons, it becomes a lot more plot heavy. And I'm not sure if that's just like 
because there are more shows now that are more interested in like having like action and adventure aspects or if like as this show goes along it's like well like it makes natural progressive sense for these characters to be taking on more in like a plot related way but if Craig decides as a show not to do that I think that would be pretty interesting because that's like kind of the opposite of most of the other shows we watch like i'd say even summer camp island seems to be kind of more invested in the plot as it's been going along so i like i'd be excited for that honestly like as much as i like the plot again like it's not the thing i super go to the show for and if we're in season like five of craig and we still like don't have a resolution between the king on one side and craig on the other like i think that kind of be fine with me because that probably means we'd be focusing a lot more on, like, interpersonal relationships with the trio and stuff. And, like, maybe them tackling, like, growing up and stuff and moving up grade levels. And oh, that would be kind of a nice change, right? Because that's, like, some real-life stakes right there. Growing it's a up. lot less outlandish. It's, like, it's r- realism. We do so get some. We like do. It. Yeah, we do kind of get a time period with a few months in uh, cardboard. It's like, oh, it's been a few. Really? It has? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um yeah, you kind of outlined the what the model a lot of Cartoon Network shows follow and a lot mm-hmm. of Disney shows too, starting off extremely shows, yeah. non-serialized and then slowly picking up the serialization. It can it can go from anything from like Star vs. Force People, which goes from like not serialized <laughs> to like incredibly serialized. Um, yes. to I mean, I think I think uh, Summer Camp Island, from what I've what we've seen so far, has not re- picked up the plot to a large extent so far. Um, but you can see it there, and you can feel that, like, there's, like, so much to like learn. There's, like, mysteries in yeah. that show. Yeah. yeah. I yeah like, that, we, we know the big mystery here, unless there's more. I mean, yeah, this could... show doesn't have, like, the hidden information. That's right. Point. And yeah. Steven Universe was, like, a mystery like that. There's a lot of hidden so information mysterious. early serious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and, and I think, like, and, you know, like, I mean, there's other Cartoon Network shows. I don't know. Like, okay, KO picked up the plot, right? Um, oh, yeah. Seems yeah. like seems like Victor and Valentino is going to be doing the same thing, right? Like so, uh, I, I, but I, I don't, I never saw this as Craig's, uh, as Craig's model, you know. Like I guess I always assumed it would stay a slice of life show because it was just so successful at that. Whereas other shows, it feels like they're getting their bearings. Craig never really felt like it was getting exactly. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. That it always felt like it knew exactly what it was from the get go, which is so refreshing. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, maybe it's going to be more in line with the Teen Titans Go or a Wee Bear Bears, and there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, it's just we get the yeah. baby spinoff of Craig. No, um, the, <laughs> oh please, uh, adult <laughs> oh God, spinoff. Jessica, could you imagine a oh, Jessica hey. spinoff? That's spin-off, what okay. the world wants and needs. <laughs> Is it? Uh, no, but like uh, I think. Y- it seems it's like Craig's. Oh, Craig has more plot stuff now because we have like picked up the um, frequency of the under the overpass plot line, kind yeah, of. That's, but it's kind still of. you're right. It's still only every few episodes, and we the other episodes are not affected like that. So no. that's not really serialization because yeah. there's no there, there's no bearing on anything except for these other episodes that were. I mean, it is serialization to a certain extent, but it's not like we're not we're not seeing the effects of sugar smugglers in any of these other episodes that we're talking about. Not at all. Even though Sugar Smugglers is um, like hinting at this potential rebellion within the king's uh, domain I, that we're exactly getting. right. Like the whole point of like the the secret candy like pub or whatever. Yeah, no, it's not a pub. Speakeasy. It's yeah, yeah speakeasy. Like it, it implies <laughs> that there are other kids that are also like not happy with the system and want they want to like hear Raj's song about making fun of the king, like the king smells song, which implies that if enough of those kids get together, they're gonna want to break away from the king. If they go to Craig's side of the creek, the king 
king is gonna find out and they're gonna like it i don't know because like again like i can't imagine like an all-out war of the creek kids on two sides but like maybe eventually we would lead there i don't know that'd be a lot of plot though like where else could it go it'd be a big flashlight tag war (laughs) that's true yeah flashlight tag seemed plotty i don't know it's more just (laughs) as intense i guess it was intense um uh, I, I have to say, with these plot episodes, including the other side, which you could argue is one of the best episodes of the show, and Sugar Smugglers is really good. Uh, as, I think they're good and I enjoy them, but there's a level of me, not like uncomfortability, but like, it's almost like I'd rather be watching the other type of Craig episodes sometimes uh-huh. when I'm watching these episodes. Like, like this is a very anti-Dylan opinion, but I'm, I am much more comfortable in this show with the non-plot episodes. Like, uh, like I think those are what I'm used to and what is so good about the show. So I think like the show hasn't gotten me to a point where I'm as accepting of those episodes. Not that I am eager for them and I do like watching them, but I think like, we're not like at a point where those are the norm or anything yet. So it's, it's more, uh, it, it's still very different. I feel like when we get these type of episodes, um, I, I, well, I, I want to say also like these plot, like the, the overpass episodes tend to be a little bit more action oriented than mm-hmm. like your usual Craig episodes. Like you get more of like the, um, kid on kid fighting, <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, K- Kelsey, like getting to whip out her, her, her sword again is, is cool and all. But like at the same time, like I, I think we'd agree, like Craig of the Creek's biggest strength is like how, how the characters interact with each other, like in terms of like talking out their, their feelings or, or like coming to, uh, coming to an agreement with, within the group and stuff. So when it does these plot episodes with people outside of the main group and we get it into like these more, or, um action-packed segments like it's fun and all and i think that they do it um they do it um uh sparingly enough that it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get tiring like uh, like you said like they're not quite the same uh type of episodes compared to like the normal sli- slice of life we get but i think that they save it enough so that it still it still feels good when when those episodes happen but i'd agree that if that became the norm then this would be a different kind of show right like it'd be one that that has to put a little bit more focus on the um on the friction as opposed to them coming together yeah they're, they're, i think their grittier feeling maybe is a good yeah, way it's- yeah, it's the it's the like you don't you're not used to being afraid the for music your characters. Is different, you yeah, know? it's more menacing. It feels like a real danger. You're not used to feeling like there's a danger in a Craig episode. So I feel like that's part of what I feel. I guess that I can relate to with you, Dylan. Yeah. it is like different tonally. Tone very yeah, sure. different tone. Yeah, too sensitive for these uh, greedy Craig. Oh, but by <laughs> the way, I'd say the cardboard identity falls into this. They also too. yeah yeah. yeah. yeah they, I think I think I would say that's like a third tone. Like it is more towards the gritty, but it's like it's got its own type of tone. Ultimate discomfort and fear. No, no, no. That's that's what cardboard episodes are. The best like ridiculousness with the 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 incredible pretending. Like that's good. That's the yeah. That's true. I'm just cracking. I was cracking up through that entire episode. Um, but no, and the action. Yeah. So I mean, of note is that uh, uh, Sugar Smugglers features uh, uh, ten seconds of. the most uh, fluid action we've seen from Craig, for sure. Right, it's not even that long. Like, it, it, it feels like it has a big effect on the episode. 
Yeah, we had a Spencer Wan as a guest animator for those uh, those the Cartoon Network shows are doing this much more, bringing in uh, like outside people, but also focusing their energies on very short sections of episodes to for effect, like Change Your Mind, Steven Universe. There's like that one Infinity Train thing in the finale with like the crazy like frame rate. Oh. And okay. and that, I feel like this scene is Craig's version of that. Like it's much more subdued, but it's but it's like that's like a crazy ten seconds for Craig. Like whoa! Uh, and I thought it was I thought it was really fun. Um, it was really fun. Yeah, and I, I think like that's like I mean uh, Sugar Smuggers features that and like a musical number. Mm-hmm. Um, just a pretty pretty uh, jam packed kind of uh, eventful episode for Craig. Um, but, and, and I guess like back to the, the, the sequel topic, cause we're kind of combining the plot and sequel, which I think is, is good. It makes sense. And, uh, it's even for the episodes that aren't in that overpass arc. Um, I'm excited following up on episodes, specifically the cardboard one for sure. I mean, okay. That- so can, can we yeah, talk, about, talk about it? Can Come we on. talk about the choice to follow up on this cardboard? Arc? Yes. Like, so it feels so separate from, I mean, like T-Timer's Ball, like, you know, it involves characters that we see every so often. Sleepover at, at JP is obviously a family follow up. The cardboard identity is like this whole other city that, that like, it feels on, uh, I mean, it's like the other side uh, arc in terms of like it involving a separate part of the creek entirely that we don't really interact with the carbon identity is like that but at the same time it only involves it's like its main thing is like this one kid who's jealous that the girl is hanging out with other other kids it's so true. Like, Alex and me, we feel the same, clearly. Because it's like, Carter's probably the number one kid. If there had to be no one I ever saw in the show again, it would be him. Okay, how dare uh, uh, motivation is that in. It doesn't get any better. Okay, okay. So, Car- like, this- it's, it's a, I want to say, it's ambitious that we're going to keep following on this. And I think that the episode it's itself not- is a good job. I just think it's, it's wild that this is one of the things we're following Okay, on. well, let, let me let me say, this is, I think, the card future cardboard was episode 14 that was one of the very few craig episodes with no follow-up this is episode um 65 it had been a long time since Oof. we so like i, they've I think been, they've been holding back till now to give us the well i think it's, ob- it's obvious that that episode is not as, as inviting of a sequel as you have to specifically do a sequel most episodes it's like okay you'll do an episode with st- that involves stacks it's kind of a follow-up to the last episode I'd say very few Craig episodes have zero follow-up. I think Doorway to Helen is one of ends and Kid from 2020, like the two best, Kid from 2020, the two best Mm -hmm. episodes, are like the only other two examples, maybe. Um, So, or of any episodes that potentially invite follow-up. Um, so like this, it's not like this is like, oh, they're so eager to follow up on the card ropes. Like it's like, they're like, okay, we can get back to this now, you know, (laughs) it's been 60 episodes. Yeah. And, uh, that episode was so different from anything else Craig was doing when it started, uh, when it aired. And, um, I didn't think it was the best episode, but I was so drawn to it. And, uh, (laughs) I kept talking about it. Um, and I was so excited to see, to see everyone back. And not only is this uh, like following up on that, it's like 10 times the extraness of that original episode. Like this episode is the most extra. Carter is the most dramatic. 
uh, character, and he's so ridiculous and stupid, and um, he, he just, uh, all this effort he, build, he, he he goes through to build the cardboard bunker, and he's just standing there in the computer, all like, the waiting logs for them. Of yeah. him the logs the of him screen. is the best. It is, no, it is really amazing. I, I kept, like, waiting for him to blink while they'd, like, look away from him and talk to each other, and he never broke character, and that freaks me out, but that is some dedication. <laughs> the one time you see him, like, sniffling in the background or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think I compare this to Kid from 3030, which also is like has crazy stuff happening. But in that episode, there's no, I think. Oh no, there are there's it's similar. There are signs that that's uh, also pretend, right? Like so, so it's like there's uh, we're role playing kind of uh, intently here. Um, and so I think I think maybe that's that's a good comparison. The the tone here is is uh, yeah very it's, dramatic. It's like it's like horror sci fi down in that bunker of cardboard. <laughs> it's so unsettling and it's dark and creepy. And he sealed it up with duct tape. And they went in anyway. And he's everywhere. He's behind all the screens. And then look, he breaks look, out of it. Think about this. To, Car- to the show's credit, making it that kind of tone when it really is just cardboard and a, like a kid just like acting it out but <laughs> but they buy into their, their system so well that like that tone wor- works out Me yeah God. so here's they the th- a dollhouse like a dollhouse shouldn't be scary but they made it scary yeah well yeah <laughs> that's that's a good a good one too uh the uh the, yeah the tone is like simultaneously like dramatic and intense and also just ridiculous and i love that but uh, th- think about from carter carter's going through these all these efforts to entertain his friends um like You're like <laughs> like like this is like craig is so into this this is such great craig role is- role play for him like uh and and clearly zoe's into this to a certain extent too i don't think she wants this all the time i think she it's wants bad. to just be in the city yeah. with with garter but um like this is it's like the, this intense like escape room he sets up not like it is like oh, like that God. level of detail you know um like uh he he just he's he wants to be like he, he like he's totally gonna like make a movie or something later or something right like this is um he, he could do that yeah and uh yeah, the, the, the artistically the episode's amazing with all the cardboard and stuff so much detail needs to go into everything in the background um but uh yeah just the the dramaticness and we see the the backstory to carter and zozo <laughs> um, okay the way you just said the backstory was filled with way too much delight for my comfort level Dana. i am so delighted in the show <laughs> Look, this is the most they're the they're those two have the most charged energy between them and I mean it's, they uh, did, but now it's charged in a bad way. Well that's part of the appeal, you know. It's like <laughs> it's reading oh, no. it's it's reading like dramatic fan fiction is what this is, right? Like it's like here's oh and here's how they met and um what's been, and then we get the moment when she it's like I'm Zozo and it breaks through to his to, to his uh his emotional core behind uh, he became the the cardborg um and and uh they they love they love this the two like they, they're they love this pretend uh that the and and um they're like and they have that whole moment it's it's all like so incredibly dramatic and then he's like my memory is lost and he likes and he's like high like lurking in the background for the next the next appearance and it totally leaves open future cardboard episodes which is all i want to see now it's just in his underwear, like, oh, this is awkward. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, I want to say two things about that. So Carter, 
like I I did really appreciate the backstory. I will agree. Like in the beginning, when they're getting to know each other in the cardboard house, and she's like, "Oh, it was like so nice in there." And like they come up with the nickname because she like sneezed while saying her name, which is yes, very cute. Problem is, he got really jealous because they started having more friends in the yeah. cardboard place, and plus, like. She even says to him at one point when he's like, oh, like, I got so embarrassed about, like, how I, like, you know, trashed your city that I didn't know how to come back. So I just became a Carborg. And she's like, yo, all you had to do was, like, help us rebuild it. And he still doesn't do that. Now his memory's wiped, so it's like a cop-out. And I'll say, okay, the very last part of that episode, he's just standing in the background watching the Cardboard City. And there's this menacing, like, hum over that. It's like, is he going to wreck it again? It's not <laughs> Oh, cheerful. he's going to do something it's else crazy. so scary. Look, Michelle, it's definitely problematic. Like, <laughs> here's the comparison. Here's what I want to compare it to, to okay. help understand the appeal. This is like Catradora. Like, this is oh my like, oh. Carter is Catra. He's like this really problematic fave oh, that, that, people, no. that you love. And it's like, oh, this is an unhealthy relationship, but I'm feeling it anyway. You know, that's what it's like. It's, it's, uh, um. I mean, I guess that would work better if the flashback wasn't from Zoe's perspective, though, because it just makes me feel like Carter's not really trying to live his best life right no, now. No, he's not. He's not trying he's to. He's frustrated he's, 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 him. He's, he's so dramatic. No, relish the drama. That's what I would say. That's how you enjoy these episodes. <laughs> well, I, I guess it's also interesting because, like, aside from this relationship, it's not like Craig of the Creek has that many, like, unwholesome re- relationships. I mean, like, even to the, yeah. to the point where, like, uh, Jason, like, he's had his, like, bright moments the the tea timers like this recent episode did an okay, okay job like trying to make them more normal more like cl- closer to normal kids so like the is it's it's just an interesting co- contrast that makes Carter stand out because like yes. otherwise like, this creek is like full of mostly nice kids. <laughs> Oh yeah, my also, gosh, that's so true. Well, maybe that's why it just sticks out so much to me. Like, oh, Carter, I'll never out. forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> unless, I, I do think this episode, and you, you might not agree, I think this episode does a good job of showing their uh, affection oh, for, for each sure. other. And and also that everything's like them playing pretends. Like I think it like does uh, beneath the surface uh, show the innocence and the uh, the appeal, I guess, of like what's what's happening. You know, like I don't think we get caught up in in the the, the problematicness of what's going on. I feel like okay, this is the thing though. There have been two moments now in this show where I'm genuinely like, are there like. Can, is this all pretend there's that moment in that episode when they have to use the stove and none of them will turn it on because they're told they're not allowed to and then it just turns on by itself which seems to imply ghosts and then the haunted dollhouse <laughs> oh, okay. that was a legit ghost like there's no explanation for that at the end that was just a straight up kid ghost so if that's true like maybe that kid did go to the future in that up there episode, like how do we know anymore? This, the know? show's working on Michelle. This, yeah, this is... <laughs> I don't know. Really, uh, pretend anymore? Maybe it is real. This you is know, a, this is a topic we discussed. There's one set of episodes where it's like one episode we saw Craig. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to remember because it was a while ago. We it's a while ago. One episode in the set of episodes, the witches like tricked Craig, and he thought this sickness was real, but we knew it was. Which, by the way, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, relevant. But we and we was uh, we knew it was. Oh, by by the way, um, Craig of the Creek is like the kids uh, are the most, this show is the most affected by the coronavirus because the whole creek activities are shut.
shutdown right now. It's really sad. Like, uh, <laughs> don't think about it. Okay, back to the point. Um, like, the, so, so we saw Craig thought it was real, but we saw the truth. And then there's other episodes, I think like cardboard, like this, the cardboard episodes, which is like, we know that they're playing pretend. We know everything is pretend. They're making it obvious. Kid from 3030, we, if you watch again, like they, I remember now that like, it's like, oh, press play. Like you, like we see in, we see past the, the facade. And then there are a few episodes where we only see from Craig's perspective and it, there's no way to distinguish if it's true or not from the audience. Um, God, how could that not have been a ghost boy with a dollhouse? How could that not have been a ghost? Yeah, I think boy? I, I, I didn't rewatch that recently, but yeah, I think I think that that uh, that was an episode that didn't probably break the veil. Um, but the the stove, by the way, is still Michelle. Like it's just a stove that turns on. on that, no, that was a ghost. Michelle, that like, was a I ghost. can't believe you're rehashing uh, one of the most bed. Michelle moments of the podcast. Two um, ghosts the, so far. Yeah, no, that was one ghost so far. Uh, the, maybe, maybe that's the sequel to the the stove ghost. Yeah, that's what you're saying, right? I don't think the stove ghost has the dollhouse. That's a separate. Oh, you say d- two ghosts. Okay, two different yeah, ghosts. Two Michelle's ghosts. very sure. Okay. Um, I don't well, even remember the stove that we're talking about. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I only remember because I remember I Michelle it, thinking it, that it was a ghost. It, yeah, there's a way to explain that. Okay, it's <laughs> it's a stove that turns on on its own. That's what it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> admittedly, I've not experienced this this self automated stuff. So I yeah, exactly, no one has a budget for that because it's not right. real yet. <laughs> right. Maybe it's feature technology. Um, okay, I, but yeah, it is an interesting thing to track. I don't think any of yeah, other than the dollhouse, nothing here went went was super was a completely immersive. The cardboard episodes are fun because. I think their appeal, like this episode, I think is largely relied on it being not fully immersive because we see that this is a show that Carter's putting on. That's like a large part of the fun of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could be more chill on Carter. I mean, I wish I could see him through your eyes as the beloved Catra of the Craig universe. But I, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I'm not there yet. <laughs> I hate this so much. I know. I hate it too. But Look, I, I just had to make you guys more uncomfortable by making that comparison. Okay. Um, no, I, I this, these episodes will always be controversial if they continue them. So I think, like, totally, we will have opposite opinions on these. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes. I think. I think that's like the intent. But like, yeah, I think. I don't think they should do like a carbon episode 15 episodes right now i think like end of season three we can do this again you know like uh it's 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 like you're right it's so different from everything it's this it's really intense like uh yeah let's do that um the uh where we go where, uh i've not seen the born movies were we going for a born specific parody here or just like the memory loss well, like, yeah again? i think it's just the memory yeah. loss part okay. like okay. Tur- turns into a cyborg somebody operates on him i feel like that's an action movie i don't think thing. he's a cyborg in the born movies but i've not seen them but i don't think that's what that is um maybe i don't maybe it's true Okay, well, that's what we'll watch next. Uh, the okay, no, let's, I refuse. Michelle, do you want to bring up your mystery topic? I want to talk about the next thing I want to talk about is the progressive elements of the show. Oh, wow. But what about the two episodes? I mean, well, we're talking topics. You know, we're talking topics, so we'll hit on the yeah, other wait, episodes. I'll through wait. The, Okay, but yeah, so I think I want to talk. Uh, one Another takeaway I had from these episodes is um, is uh, the earnestness of Craig of the Creek. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I felt this from Tea Timers Ball, also in general, but... I feel like shows nowadays, it's changing, but especially five to 10 years ago, are really afraid to be earnest. Um, everything is really cynical. And I do mean kids shows. Like, I think the, the timeline is like shows used to have a character come on at the end of that sh- episode and say the moral of the show. 
And then they're like, oh, this is stupid. We're going to write better episodes. And then that kind of turns into them not doing it, turns into a lot of episodes ending cynically with like something bad happens. Like, it's not like someone dies, but it's like, oh, that person got hurt. Ah, ha, ha. You know, like ironic. Ending. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of that. And honestly, I got pretty, pretty tired of that. Um, and, and now Craig, I feel like Craig is like the backlash to that, which is like, you know, let's be earnest. Like, Tea Timers Ball features Maney giving Kelsey a speech on the moral of the episode. And that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, that actually was the thing I wanted to talk about. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was, this left such an impression on me because it ended up being surprisingly such a big part of the episode because I feel like this really was more of a Kelsey episode than a Craig episode. Like He's the one with the B-plot thinking about all yeah. these conspiracies against him going on, which was honestly a great side of Craig we don't normally see in his personality, but that was really good. But like, okay... So it sounded like a lot of notes about this because I was like, oh, this is so good. So I think we can all agree that public displays of affection slash like proposals. Yeah. Like, I, I, thought, I thought a lot about public it's, proposals. It's with this like episode, it's yeah. always going to come off as manipulative, even if it's not intended to. And I feel like Kelsey, she just like the way she talks about it is so perfect at laying out why. Because she's like, everyone was like watching us. It would have been embarrassing for him if I said no. But like the worst thing is that like it would have made her look like the bad person in that situation. So she felt really locked into it. Like there was no way to let him down gracefully when it's like so public. Like if you're going to ask someone something like that, don't make it public. Like it's always going to pressure them, even if like you don't think it is. And I love the fact that like Meanie... She's so attentive to Kelsey being uncomfortable in this episode. Like, she notices she's sat on the rock. She immediately goes over and asks her about the dance, which seems like a kind of, like, interesting insight for her to have. And it's just, like, such a supportive moment. Like, Minnie's such a supportive friend. And I also, like, it made me realize, like, there is, like, somewhat of a gendered aspect to the situation. Because, like, you see, like... Mini be so concerned and checking on Kelsey, but JP doesn't really see a problem at first. Cause like JP's response is like, Oh, like it might not be so bad. Like Aaron seems nice. And then maybe like immediately sets them straight. And she's like, just because someone's nice doesn't mean you connect to them on a romantic level. And I think that was just such a, like, that's such a good point. And it's like on a level that's like obvious, but also maybe it's not obvious to everyone. Which is why it's nice to have that be a focus of the episode because, like, I feel like that that's the broad kind of moral of the episode. But, like, the more, like, maybe, like, subtle message is, like, you shouldn't always value someone else feeling bad more than your own personal comfort if you have to do something. And I think even, like, on that topic, like, Mini later says, like, you don't, like, I know you want to be nice, like, here in this situation, but your feelings are important, too. Which, again, is just, like, this crazy insight Manny has, but I like, just, I love it so much because, like, the fact that the episode spends so much time focusing on Kelsey's feelings and discomfort in that situation and how hard it is to navigate it. Like, it's so relatable. And, I mean, I it's interesting because, like, when she finally does, like, tell Aaron that, like, she just kind of screaming at him. But Kelsey screams a lot all the time anyway. So, like, in a way, it was kind of in character for her to be like, I don't like you. And she, like, talks about why she was like, you know, like, it was so public. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I tried to, like, give you a hint. Like, when I said my dress got pooped on that I couldn't go and you didn't take the hint. So then I just felt stuck with it. And, like, she she turns him down. He accepts it. 
And this is kind of nicely mirrored with JP and Mainy because there's a point where, like, when the slow dance comes on, JP's like, do you want to dance? And Mainy's kind of like, eh, like, I don't really, like, feel like it. And JP, like, very much is like, okay, that's fine. And I think, like, that's, again, like, that's some really nice positive reinforcement to see on two sides because, like, again, you should, you know, if you don't want to do something or be with someone, that's your right. And no one should, you know, pressure you to, into doing that because it's what they want, because their failings aren't more important than yours. And again, like this, like all seems obvious, but at the same time, like this is really important for children to understand, because if you get in the habit of just like going along with what someone else wants, because you feel like you can't say no or that your feelings don't matter as much as theirs. Like that could be really dangerous when you're older. And I mean, not to get dark, but like there, you know, there are a lot of like scary situations out there where like someone could get really mad if you turn them down or don't do what they want because they feel like it, it should be their right or that they do deserve that even if you don't want it. So just, Having Kelsey be able to, like, understand her feelings, have that be something that's supported by Manny, and having her and Manny, like, being able to turn down respective guys for different reasons and have that be acknowledged and accepted positively with no repercussions is, like, absolutely what I want to see modeled more. And it just, like, it was so intentional, but, like, the way they framed a lot of the language and dialogue was, like, so natural but also informative like it didn't feel like someone was hand holding you through like all right like we're gonna talk about you know consent and comfort and you know choices like that's really what they were doing the whole time so I was just like a master class of like if you're gonna talk about this stuff like this is absolutely the way to do it like it felt so natural and just like there were so many moments where I was just like Oh my gosh, yes, Manny, like, yes, like, you understand, this is so, I don't know how old you are, but this is amazing insight you have. Yeah. Yes. I, okay. <laughs> oh, that's all, no, I, no, so that was great. I, I completely agree with all of that. I think, um, I, I agree with the last part, like, I think the show did a great job of, like, clearly communicating what it was trying to say in the natural context of the characters talking, and it did so in a way yeah. which a lot of, Honestly, like men usually are like, you shouldn't write like this. Like you shouldn't have characters write like saying like advice and morals, like specifically progressive morals. And that's kind of become like the, uh, the, the, the de facto on how good writing is. And I really think that's right? stupid and wrong. Yeah. Like again, like oh. it's spelling something out so that somebody who doesn't understand can learn from that. That's the whole point. Like, like, like I, I, think, whole point. I think people talk like that in real yeah. life. Like I don't think it's bad writing. Like Manny, that conversation between Manny and Kelsey was realistic, I think. Yeah, well, exactly. And, that's what I'm saying. Like that's why it's so impressive because it feels so natural. But then you like look at what those actual words are, and it's like, yo, that's like so important though, even though it was so clearly and effortlessly expressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, a, a thing I considered while Dylan was uh, uh, talking earlier about like the earnestness of of this show and like being uh, being not as cynical as previous shows about it, like Manny in this show, like for in previous episodes, like she's very into the horse stick, and like even in the beginning of this episode, like she, she does the trampling thing. But when it's time to be serious about it, she's able to drop it and like talk seriously to to Kelsey about it. I feel like in a different show, like you try to make that more jokey, like, oh, like, I'll using horse metaphors or something, but, like, Kelsey somehow gets it because it's Manny, you know? But, like, they, they treat it with, the with like, you know, the seriousness it deserves, but Manny talks like
like a normal person, <laughs> at least in that segment. And it doesn't feel off because like it is a topic that requires a little bit more nuance than like other other stuff that goes on in the rest of the show. So like I I appreciate that that little detail that like that's kind of the first time we see Manny drop her shtick for a little bit, and it's for a reasonable cause there, and one that I, I think reflects the 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 earnestness with which with which the show handles uh, handled morals. Yeah, you're I right. Think, another yeah. show totally would have done the horse. She's talking like a horse still. Yeah. I will say she does bring the horse stuff back, but it's when she's trying to explain like the situation to JP because she's like, when she says like, just because you you don't, just because someone's nice to you, you don't have romantic feelings. And JP's like, what does that mean? She's like, when I look at you, like <laughs> right, I, right. I, 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 you're nice, but you're like, you also make my heart race like a thousand horses on like the beach or something. But I think like also that's that's really nice because like this isn't trying to condemn anyone. It's just like as much as JP doesn't understand the problem until she explains it to him, he's immediately then like, oh, Kelsey. And to be clear, like this guy does not do that for you. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> no. And then JP does get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. J- and JP and Manny are such a pure, pure couple. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this episode probably the most JP Manny episode as well. Oh yeah, um, there are a lot of them. But um, um, uh, reacting more to what Michelle said, uh, yeah, I think this is is um, and it was said very clearly, and I think it's something that is good for young people here. It's something good for a lot of people to hear because mm-hmm. public proposals are kind of still the default in our society. So like this episode is like, hey, that's probably not a good idea. Um, and also just more generally like not pressuring someone uh, like that, which is clearly um, explained by the episode. And I think that's uh, kind of the biggest lesson being taken away and one that's stated very clearly, but also a lot of what Michelle was talking about of not putting someone else's feelings above what you want. I think that's something that goes hand in hand with that and is also uh, talked about by the episode. And I think those are said really well. And then at the end, Aaron ultimately reacts well after Kelsey yeah, says they, she doesn't like it. Yeah, which he reacts is super well. And so does JP. Like they're already in a committed relationship, but it's nice to see across the board, like rejecting someone romantically and rejecting someone that you do like, even if like you just have a reason like being tired. Like those are both equally valid situations to say no mm-hmm. in. Yeah, also just saying no. Yeah, it's another just general <laughs> yeah. message. Yeah. Um, but no, I like, I think a lot of people need to see this episode. I've seen people still kind of not getting it. I feel like people are mostly primarily reacting to, oh, Aaron was such an ultimately such a nice guy. Like, no, the point is what he did was wrong in the beginning. Yes, he was ultimately still good, but you shouldn't do yeah. what he did in the beginning. I feel it- like what, yeah, you get that if you, you should get that if you watch the episode. I do think like one one detail that kind of stuck out to me is like when Kelsey was trying to explain to him like why she doesn't like him and she talks about like how she's like well I gave you like I tried to give you a clue that like maybe I wasn't comfortable and you didn't pick up on it I feel like that that's really interesting because that does imply like maybe that's why JP also didn't realize that Kelsey was initially uncomfortable it's like if you're if you're used to this kind of dynamic going in your favor and it happens to normally be a gendered thing, you're less likely to pick up on maybe more subtle cues that somebody in the opposite side of that situation, like maybe Mamie has been and Kelsey certainly is in this moment or more likely to pick up on and like reach out and talk about. But if you explain it to the people who are more ambivalent, they will probably be more likely to pick up on that stuff in the future and be more kind of, open and careful about how they go about 
expressing their interest in you too. So it's like, it's helping everyone be on the same page and is less about like being like, oh, like you're bad. It's just like this dynamic sucks and we can all be better about it. And like, here's why, you know, which is like really productive for like everyone involved, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I think that episode's really good. Um, and great, great, uh, great conveying what it wants to convey. And, um, also just a ton of other awesome stuff in that episode. Yeah. I think that's gonna, it's gonna stand out looking back. Um, and in, in terms of Craig's, uh, earnestness and, um, specifically in its progressive messaging, but also I do think it's just an earnest show in general. Like it doesn't have these cynical endings that a lot of other shows had, but I mean, these episodes are chock full of kind of just this progressive representation that's not, um, like it's it's not like the thing where it's like oh it has to naturally come from the plot you know like um, right and, you know like i think like raj and sean like are tied to the main plot of the show which is really fun that we get like the the gayest question mark couple like i got the witches you know it's a, it's a close call but uh like I think as, as part of screen time raj and sean have had more screen time recently. so maybe it's equal in yeah, terms of gayness. <laughs> I, 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 I give the nod to the witches they deserve it <laughs> Look, Raj and Sean deserve it, too. They all deserve it. It's, like, more slow, Bernie, but that's also why I'm kind of, like, more transfixed by it. Plus, Raj, (laughs) the best eyelashes, so, like, I understand. Um, Uh, Raj kind of stole that episode with his singing and everything. He's good, though. That was a good song. Yeah, and he sings his song, including the lyric, there are two little boys looking for freedom and love, (laughs) and then they look at each other lovingly. Yeah! It's so sweet. That was shockingly explicit. Like for like, um, I mean, that witch's kiss. So like, we've broken the, the the Rebecca Sugar wedding barrier with the show already, right? But so like, uh, like, but you still think it's still not going to be like automatic for all these this these things. And and uh, yeah, you. I mean, well, I, I, Raj and Sean aren't like the the couple you'd expect to kiss. I feel like you know they're like they're they're, they're kids and they're um, yeah. They're they're, like- that might be part of it too i don't know but they certainly are together i remember when maya comes into that speakeasy like raj like rushes to clutch sean like for emotional support which says a lot too so i mean maybe the, it's the just whole co- episode they're 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 yeah they're all on top of it. and in the beginning when they're like uh we we came they're like uh, clutching each other yeah um yeah, I, clutch so good it, I really like like them. Like, I really hope the show, the show keeps keeps doing Raj and Sean episodes. It's, it's I, I think this is not anywhere else in shows we cover. Like, just this type of male male couple. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um, yeah, the uh, we we talked about the witch's kiss in the uh, in the dollhouse episode. Maybe short, but just like on screen. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it in the in the the representation podcast. But uh, yeah, still not a lot of those types of things on on. Uh, on kids TV. So always nice to get an undeniable confirmation. That's always a really nice feeling to see. So, yeah, it was so chill. It's just like two teenagers taking advantage of like pitch blackness to make <laughs> out like relatable. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, and, and what, what opens, when will we see the witches again? What will, uh, we could just have a date episode. I mean, all honestly, all their episodes are like date episodes, yeah. but like, but they, uh, they work right. together. We kind of, yeah, it's like really, they wouldn't be, their version of a date is like a seance. Right. So that kind of, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we've seen it. Um, that was awesome to see. Then we have uh Creek Daycare. We haven't talked a lot about. We meet, uh, character Angel, Angel who JP, I believe uses they, them pronouns for. 
um, at some point. I'm not sure if other characters do, but at least uh, we had one instance, Angel, based on real-life Craig storyboarder Angel Lorenzana, who is... uh, A gender on uh, goes by that on their Twitter profile and friend of the podcast and listens to podcast and said nice things. So we love them. Oh, I was very hi. excited to see. Uh, <laughs> I was very excited to see Angel in uh, Creek Daycare. I think that was that was really good. That was a pretty fun character. That was a, that was like a lighter type of Craig episode, but I thought that was like one of the better lighter. I mean, all very yes. light, but uh, I believe also I that they handled part of it. Jessica is such a fun character. Jessica, yeah, big Jessica episode. Yeah, yeah. I just want to mention also, uh, I think they hand over a form at some point, and among the things they have to fill out is pronouns. Yeah, yeah, they do say pronouns, yeah. I was like, yes! (laughs) Um, We got a lot of Simon Says talk in this episode. Anyone have Simon Says nostalgia? Oh, I did not not like Simon Says. Yeah, it feels like an annoying game. I don't remember doing Simon Says. uh, What was the kid, the the kid, the two kid? um, Little, little... Little, little something? Chris. Okay. Little Chris. Can we talk about Little Chris? He scares the crap out of me. <laughs> but, like, I also, like, relate to the fact that sometimes, like, a kid will just single you out, like, a really small kid. And because they're small, they think they can just, like, beat the crap out of you because you're not allowed to hurt a little kid. And that is a scary, like, ambivalent situation to be in. And I was hurting for JP on the inside because I, too, have gone to, like, family reunions and little kids trying to beat up on me. And it's like, kid, why? Oh. <laughs> it's about me that makes you want to fight me. Like, just just go away. So that that little Chris, I, I do think it's hilarious that little Chris, like, loves Angel, though, and got them a flower. And Angel thinks that little Chris is, like, the sweetest kid in the world. And JP was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> JP doesn't trust little Chris. It's amazing. I did not expect to have so much fascination with that dynamic. But it was really good. <laughs> Kadisha was also super cute when she – it was such a little kid moment when Kelsey was, like, trying to read her book. And the little Kadisha just, like, starts, like, talking, like, babbling child nonsense and then kind of forgets what she's saying. And Kelsey's like, uh, okay, I'm going to just keep reading oh now. God, uh, I, I've been there. <laughs> You're, like, trying to follow what the kids say. It's so cute. Like, it felt very relatable. Michelle's pulling these kids' names out of thin air. Like, uh, how many times did you have to watch this episode? <laughs> I didn't have the credits, so I could remember. I mean, look, Chris oh. says all the time but do you have that in front kids. of you or was it for something else i just have him yeah oh, Khadija, okay. well, thank you slash kid. i don't remember sick kid and then nathan i think nathan yeah. was in that yeah. fell asleep all the time or maybe that was someone else no, someone else i think i think, I think uh, little chris is the one that ultimately stood out to me a lot of funny little chris jokes in there oh, little chris. um but yeah good great Je- jessica episode um great introduction of angel presumably a character we'll see again and um, although the, the end of the episode is don't come back here again so <laughs> he's not gonna take care like he Just, did not do a good job <laughs> yeah well yeah we see we see them interact with uh outside of the creek settings in different places i feel like um and uh yeah so so i guess like overall being like ton of um progressive representation of a variety of types in all of these episodes and um love seeing that from craig and hope hoping this continues like and craig's always been like this and this is like even more so yeah so. yeah um other uh, other i mean we even talked much about sleepover at jp's but i think that was a fun episode and love meeting jp's mom for the first time 
Well, and that that follows in with the with the earnestness discussion, yeah. right? Like JP being very, a bit insecure about wanting to introduce them to his his mom, and uh, eventually like exploding, and like that that all felt very real. And and again, like what's important, the big piece of this is how Craig and Kelsey react, which is with empathy, and like that's like it feels so good to like see see them be like, well, yeah, we um, I I get why you'd feel that way, but don't worry, like we're we're here for. You. I'm like, God, I wish. <laughs> we're always like that, but uh, but yeah, just like seeing it develop the way it does is just very sweet. And again, like it hits home. Like family is important to all of these characters, and it's important to the show. So it's nice that it gets it gets treated that way. Yeah, I love seeing how much JP loved his mom. It was really sweet in the fact that like. He he probably stays up a few times. Like he even woke his sister up. They seem to have an agreement. It's like, all right, like I'll wake you up when mom comes home, so like we can both see her before she has to go to work in the morning. And the fact that like she's an airline pilot and has weird hours, and she's a single mom, but like it's fine and normal. And some people do have jobs that are weird hours of the day, and they make it work, and they still get to see their family. And she has that little like kind of routine with JP where whenever she flies somewhere, she brings him back a magnet from that state, which is super cute. And it's like a nice little thing that they both share that's like special to their mom and son relationship. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely my favorite part of this. Also, um, it shouldn't like this shouldn't be progressive. But the fact that yeah. the fact that his mom was a pilot like versus a flight attendant felt like really oh. big. Honestly, I, I hadn't even thought about no, that. No, I thought about it. I was like, oh, my God, she flies planes because like I've maybe had two female pilots fly my planes in my entire life. So you, do, it does you always good. know who's flying your plane. Yeah, because they'll tell you. They, oh, they come on the way. Yeah, like, good true. morning, I'm blah, blah, blah. And today we're going to this city. And they'll tell you when there's turbulence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Headphones on sometimes. You know, miss that. Uh, Uh, Yeah. That was was great at the end of the episode. JP loves SNL. That was random. That was Um, cute. They have a cat named Goo, which is also very cute. Yeah, we knew. Yeah, we knew that. Also, also, um, yeah, remember JP's sister has a girlfriend, so. Yeah, she um, does. Yeah. Uh, When we'll we'll get, we'll get a follow-up on the family at some point. Um, but yeah, just JP's that episode, like, again, that's like a quieter, I guess, Craig or something that feels, um, it doesn't feature like these fave side characters or something, but like, and then at the end, JP's mom, and like, it's such a good end to the episode. Like that ultimately ends up being a great episode. Like it does. Like we talked a lot about like the spooky tonal shifts when it's like an action or like a sci-fi episode, but like this one, the tone shifts at the end. For the last, like, I'd say, like, minute and a half or so, when she's home, they're all eating around the table, and you hear, like, the TV on in the background, and it's just, like, this very, like, comfy, nice, quiet, chill vibe moment. It's so good at that, though, and it really, like, leaves an impression in your heart, like, not in a cheesy way, like, that's legitimately how it feels, which is why it's one of my top three, like, this one, and then Cardboard, and probably Kids Table are my top three, because they're just... 
Speak, uh, speaking of cheesy, can I mention a personal connection I have to this episode is that uh, JP makes macaroni and cheese with cut up hot dog over it. That's pretty much my my quarantine lunch. Like at, at least once a week <laughs> is cooking up pasta and just cutting up hot dog over it. Yeah. It's a very simple meal. It fills and even a kid like JP can make it, you know. So uh, I use mayo instead of cheese personally. But I mean, you know, you don't get you're that married. discussion started. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I thought you, I thought you were going to be like I have such nostalgia for the mac and cheese. Yeah, no, it's no, it's I Alex's current meals. Nostalgia. Okay, okay. Yeah, that that is what I make because I am a, to be fair, a very basic yeah. cook. <laughs> Alex, but when are you going to have weenies in the nude and and truly do the JP recipe proud? Does he cook in the nude? No, he eats all the cheese, so it's not mac and cheese. It's just like nude noodles. With hot dogs on it, so it's we oh, we need to Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I can't eat pasta without something on it, like some sauce. Um. Okay. Uh. We uh, <laughs> sleepover. Uh, Boris, Boris was really good in sleepover and JP's too. Um. And uh. Yeah. We we sh- shockingly see the the scouts. Um. Not not still not prominently in every in everything. Also, I think in tea timers. Um. Tea timers ball. Toman and Liza, the hot new ship. Yeah, the the hottest. Well, Although she it, seemed it, it, she seemed annoyed at the end. Yeah, with it this, crashed right? and burned <laughs> the span of the episode. Oh man! It, it felt it felt like AKAs. You got yeah. man. Mm, yeah, but it, it felt like oh, this is the the cool kid ship. Like it really did. Even though yeah, I don't know, it was the cool kid ship. Yeah, it was like this, the, this is the cool kids couple. Uh, I love how the episode handled that. Um, and Michelle, any thoughts on Maya? I don't know. We've talked. I haven't oh talked God, about her. Maya. She's just so cool. Her voice is so cool, and she's so she's. I mean, I can't swear, but she's she's very. What is another word that just kick, encompasses? Kick butt? Is that what the you're saying? To say amazing. In a cool way, <laughs> doesn't sound. Yeah, she is. She is amazing. But she is cool that. Way. I mean, I feel like with Maya too. It's like we know her as this very menacing person, but obviously, like I don't know. Like I- I'm not afraid of her. I'm impressed by her. You know, kind of the way like <laughs> I'm impressed by Wildernessa and I'm impressed by Handlebar, but like to a lesser extent because Handlebar. Oh, you're pretty- pulling these characters she, out. We didn't she, see there. She's them. pretty approachable, but Maya. I mean, like she's such a good swordsmith, and like she like. Her outfit is so cool. Like she looks like somebody you'd want to role play in like a game, you know? Like, and that's her whole aesthetic. Like, how is that? How could that not be appealing? Uh, are Maya and Green Poncho related? I did see a, a Reddit there, thread on that. There's got to be something because I don't think he'd send like a thing that says "sup" if that if they didn't. I don't know. It just feels like he was trying yeah. to make. Him, so I yeah, I, I got the sense that they're trying to imply some kind of previous previous connection. So yeah, uh-huh. I wasn't I wasn't sure what was going on there, but uh, yeah, I mean, in general, Green Poncho could be from. I don't remember. Is he definitely from the other side? Like, so he could have just known her. Yeah, but uh, oh, yeah, all we know is that he guards the yeah. the bridge. But we like, and he knows he knew about the other side. Yeah, so he has some sort of bridge, connection. So know he knows that, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Green Poncho is also very good in that episode. Green Poncho is so good. He's always good. Um, and yeah, that fight scene. Uh, was, I, also, like, I feel like Kelsey in multiple of these episodes is like steps up as the warrior just casually, and it's just fun to see like she just like goes <laughs> for fighting people. I think that also happened in the cardboard episode, just like um, yeah. 
It's, it's, it's okay. uh, all, all over the place now. You mentioned Thanksgiving episode. We haven't talked a lot about it, but that, that episode is really great. It's um, so good. It's so yeah. good. It's like, it was like Alex now. was saying a while ago. Like the family dynamics of the show are one of its strengths. I think, I think that's the best family dynamics episode, the Thanksgiving episode. It's real good. It's well, definitely like, I feel like Craig's family is the most prominent. So it's like the the most meaty well, the best, family. The best Craig's family episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, and also like there's a lot of like side conversations you get to see between yeah. the uncles and aunts. So the, the, the dad's bickering and the... Uh, and the grand the grandparents like trying to handle awkward situations like the uh, on top of like dealing with the kids like the 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 little interactions they give the parents as well just felt very real in that sense so that that was a, a good bonus. Nice. I love the uncle and the aunt. They're they're so funny, but they also feel like yeah, like that's what an uncle would say. <laughs> that's how an aunt would be. And like even the college student being like, oh yeah, I came to wash my laundry and my car. Was <laughs> oh, I just wanted to spend time with family. It's just, it's really good. And I, I love a Bernard episode. And this did really feel like he was growing into his own as a young adult. Proud of him. I know he wants to be a young adult very badly. So it's a big deal to him to get us to sit at the adults table. That's I was thinking. That's what uh, these most recent four episodes are missing is Bernard. Yeah. Um, right. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Wildernessa. I really want to see Wildernessa and Kelsey again. That's one of our other couples, potential couples. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also like, oh, is this, this who, is this who's coming up uh, based on what Michelle remembers? Or does she just have a really good memory? I don't know. We'll find I don't out. Know. I we'll never we'll find, know. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll know eventually. We'll know soon, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michelle, any final comments? I'm just really glad Craig's back. I really like Craig. And now, if only we could get Craig and Summer Camp at the same time, I would be that'd be the, the best slice of life. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's the the, the comfy day watching Craig and Summer yeah, yeah. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, presumably we'll get summer camp over the summer that's usually what they're doing i, I don't know, I I mean, know hbo max to- is launching yeah, so that it, means it's going on hbo it's max hbo max announced they were dropping officially on may 27th um today yeah. they announced but that they, did, they didn't good. they didn't mention summer camp yeah. though in the announcement yeah but um, like it's definitely going on yeah they, they, they said it's going on yeah, yeah i think uh, julia announced that yeah mm-hmm. uh alex final thoughts um, Maney is cool. Maney. <laughs> oh man, JP's like, like, I love seeing JP with his mom and his sister and with Maney. He's just like such a sweet boy. I love JP. I thought Craig was the sweet boy. No, tra- the, Craig, no, I will say one thing I love that I didn't, I don't realize when this like happened canonically, but people are referring to Craig in universe as Craigie boy. And he, <laughs> it happens in the song. He calls himself that in the show now. And I think it's the most charming, wonderful thing. It's so good. <laughs> Craig boy. You know your boy Craig, he likes Choco Rolls. It's just so good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was like, oh, that, that happened in the song. When did this become a, 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 a real? I mean, it's like a canon. When did this become such a big thing that it's like uh, I have no idea. Jessica, Jessica says it too. She's like, no way, Craigy boy. <laughs> and it, it's just, I like it. I like it. It's a good, it's a good tagline. It's a good tagline. Oh, um, well, I have another final thought. It's good at the end of T Timer's ball that we're sticking it to the rich yacht kid. Um, <laughs> yeah! That was, that was current, a very funny current society of being against billionaires. I think that this was a very prescient episode. <laughs> Sailor Boy is the the billionaire of the, of the creek. <laughs> yes, I mean, 
I feel like the the that group, the tea timers, was like the fancy people, but maybe he was, maybe he was the most fancy. Maybe, yeah, yeah, the twist of uh, is that Liza's not mad at gonna, not going to get revenge on Craig, just revenge on someone else. That was very but, funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, She's yeah. like. <laughs> Petty enough for it. He's just not the yeah, time. We don't doubt our pettiness yet. <laughs> it was it was good. Okay, yeah. I think we we covered it. Very happy to have had a discussion on Craig again, have Craig back. Um hopefully more episodes to come. I think if we do get a bunch of episodes, no guarantee like the next specific chunk we do a podcast, we can just see I, in theory, the format means when something and when, when an overall topic comes up to discuss, we'd we'd talk about. It. But also, I think we'll be eager to discuss Craig, hopefully. So, um, yes. subscribe to not miss whatever comes next with our Craig podcast at overlyanimated.com. Uh, talk about us on our Discord at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to our current patrons, especially our page podcast, Sam, a.k.a. Suitcase Sam. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, you, Michael, and Needle. Um, check out at overlyanimated.com. We also have Steven Universe, continue Steven Universe finale coverage, continue Miraculous Ladybug podcast, and some other stuff coming up too. Um, I guess uh, the she finale, since I mentioned uh, Catrio. Adora. So, um, and, We're and such talk a about the, the gospel show. I've already forgotten the name. The Midnight Gospel. <laughs> we gonna talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I've not watched it. We'll see. I feel like we should. Okay. Um, very See, JP would really love Midnight Gospel. It comes on right <laughs> are you, after. Are Sunday you already? Are, is it because of Saturday Night Live? Or like, yeah, it just feels like the thing you'd air. At, like, I, I thought you were like J- I thought you were like JP is a future like, stoner, midnight. Alex. I thought that's what. Oh, you that's actually also possible. We could look yeah. into that. J- JP is just uh, really into experiment. Like, yeah, this is a young stoner kid, right? Like, this, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he really wants to get into Eastern philosophy, man. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, yeah, that's all. That's that'll be our next main topic. Uh, this, uh, no, but yeah, good JP show. Okay, uh, did I do patron? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.